Hi. <laughs> we've we've all we've all taken a moment. Yeah. We've gathered ourselves. Uh huh. So yeah, we're we're doing this. We've balanced our chakras. Where this is our second episode in quarantine. Uh, it's going great. Uh, <laughs> I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hot Guys. joined by a truly wonderful guest this week uh you may know him from his podcast maybe don't it's you sung lu hey thank you so much for having me on i can't fucking wait to talk about this ethan hawk movie with you today. <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm very excited to talk about it with you also but before we get into it what is your relationship with ethan hawk like <laughs> okay so i am terrible with um movies and names of actors and, and faces and social cues but that's besides the point i i didn't know that much of ethan hawk and i think like uh, someone i should probably fact check this but i don't think i've ever seen an ethan hawk movie before this <laughs> one so but i did write down in my notes my first note is handsome guy he's a very handsome guy he is he's you... a devilishly handsome man yeah we i was i think i i wrote i took a note here well i made a mental note that i feel like he's entering a good phase for his oh yeah he really is <laughs> he's like yeah so like when he was pretty young like when he was like in that reality bites uh you know before sunrise kind of era he had like mm-hmm. a uh like a handsome young man thing going on and then right he had like a kind of I'm becoming a dad and I look a little tired kind of thing happening. <laughs> but now he's um, now he's at his like, oh, I'm having my set my late in life children now mm. and I've got my shit together and I'm looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, I think he's looking pretty good. Um, we just watched before this. We watched Moby Dick and he looked really uh-huh. good in that. Mm. Very like salty. Yeah. Like he'd spent a lot of time in the salty. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, he played. He played uh, the the main captain, right? No, no, he played, he played Starbuck. Uh, Starbuck, yeah. Who's like Captain Ahab's uh, right hand man? Yeah, first, first oh, okay. mate. First mate. Yeah. If you know right. what I mean. I I was an English major, and I've just outed myself uh, in too many ways of being ignorant. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I was a literature minor. Oh. And I also did not read Moby Dick. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I never read it, but thankfully we got to speak with Moby Dick expert Jamie Loftus last week, so right. that was great. <laughs> right. um, but oh, yeah, so you don't think you've seen any Ethan Hawke movies before? Yeah, I, I, but, but to be fair, and I don't take this as a point of indignant pride, but I have not seen any Star Wars movies. Um, I have not seen just a lot of movies, and m- one of my friends recently we were talking on the phone and she was like, you know, I just like, I've, it's, it's taken me a long time, but I've truly accepted the fact that if I ever suggest 
like anything to you that you'll never watch or listen to it and it's just something that i've had to accept as a friend and the whole point of this is that i'm a bad friend and i should just listen to other people more but i don't know what it is about um me that just doesn't i really like discovering things for myself which is a very dumb way of saying i don't search around that often and i'm ashamed at how much i've missed in the world (laughs) i i i can empathize with that feeling of like someone tells you to watch something and you're like the more they tell you the more resistant mm-hmm. you become so i yeah. completely understand that the uh, i've gotten a lot of you're sad you'll like bojack horseman and so i haven't <laughs> seen bojack horseman <laughs> yeah, not what you want to hear yeah yeah um so what would you say is like one of your favorite movies i'm just curious oh man i feel like this would have been a much harder question before this past year i thought parasite was like brilliant Mm -hmm. um i really liked i promise i'm not just picking oscar winners i i swear because that's really tacky but i really did like birdman like movies about writing and uh, Mm -hmm. movies Uh about art i i love edward norton wagging his pretentious little finger at michael keaton um talking about acting uh, the Social Network, I thought um, these are just movies that I've seen like many, many times. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think I was writing my thesis when, when Birdman came out. So mm-hmm. that hit pretty hard for me. My thesis was about self-reflexivity and <laughs> Whoa, in, in sweet. movie musicals. So, you know. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, a big one. They like really like name dropped like a like a self-reflexive like film critic or something at the very like in the first five minutes of Birdman. Wow. So I was like, this is so relevant uh, <laughs> to me just and only me. And yeah. And, at the theater. And, and I own a green jacket like Edward Norton. So it was really relevant to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, well, I'm don't know how I feel about this being your first Ethan Hawke movie. I, I feel like I've really jumped in at a weird point and we don't have to talk about this now, but I need to get it out of my system and I need to ask this question. Does Ethan Hawke in this movie get a hand job from the physical manifestation of grief? Have I misread the entire movie or was that something that happened? Yeah, I wasn't sh- clear if he was doing it himself or if she was doing it. Yeah, if it was kind of like a fight club situation, you know? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, well, not, she's not real, so. Yeah, no, I know, so but. So he like, was doing it. But if we were just J and O in an empty apartment. It. Huh? Sorry, no, I, he's just J and O in an empty apartment with yeah. I mean, that's that the best way to do it. It worse <laughs> yeah. the second time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot to think about there with that apartment that's somehow been, like, unrented for, I don't know, at least a decade. And, yeah. uh,. You know, and he's able to just enter it yeah. only after four, though. And yeah. he's pr- presumably going to end up living there, uh, writing his his sad novel. Right. Um, but we're jumping ahead. <laughs> we are. I'm, I I I could not. I told I told so many friends about that because I couldn't believe what I had just seen, and I, I I just didn't. I like I either I either really got it. And that was the answer, or I completely missed the point of the movie. Um, so I was really scared, but I'm glad I wasn't completely wrong. No, yeah, that's that. Yeah, seems like a reasonable assessment of what was mm. happening. Yeah, I think if, there. If, if, yeah. 
Oh, sorry. If you had to define this era, besides like the having, you know, he's older, having uh, his children are older phase, <laughs> how would you describe this phase in Ethan Hawke's career? Weird, for sure. In so between he, things. Yeah. So he's like mm. just coming out of his like real New York crime movie phase. Yeah. <laughs> so he just did a lot of those, like three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did Moby Dick, which is weird because he's ne- he never does TV. And that was like a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he had done Daybreakers pretty recently. Yeah, and he did Daybreakers, which I love that movie, but it's also weird. It's a weird yeah. choice. It's like a mm. I need to make money choice, though. I think. I don't know that it is. I think it is a little. I don't know. It's like so. Daybreakers <laughs> is like a vampire, uh, like a kind of bloody action vampire movie. Sweet. Yeah, but it's, it's like, but it's like weird enough to be like where you could be like, this might not be successful. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, they, you know, they paid I think, him. I think he only does movies if there's a chance that they'll be unsuccessful. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it keeps him, it keeps him like on the edge, you know. Uh-huh. Isn't his net worth like fifty million dollars though? Yeah, I mean, but he's, he's done fifty million movies, so that's yeah, how that's, he gets there. that's how I made a dollar each time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ethan, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> You gotta watch what we say yeah well it's too late now we've already late, yeah. we've already done 40 episodes of saying things about <laughs> ethan hawk so um oh, man. yeah um but yeah so he's just in kind of in a weird in-between phase he's about to like enter i think maybe like the ethan the real ethan hawk renaissance period wow is awesome. what we're we're leading into because get away yeah with selena gomez, <laughs> get away with selena gomez. no yeah. uh-huh. um no, we're going to get to, like, boyhood pretty soon. Um, yes, that's true. Oh, damn. Right. Okay. Yeah, before Midnight is coming up. That's, yeah. um, I'm I'm curious to rewatch that movie. <clears throat> I, um, I wasn't a fan the first time I watched it. You're mm. right? You, need some, yeah. you want some iced tea? I'm going to have some of your iced tea. Thank you. <laughs> um, this feels I've like it's a bit, but it's not. <laughs> it's truly not. It's just I'm just tricking uh, iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... <laughs> Um, I, I've been recommended the before time period series of movies, uh-huh. which does mean that there is, you know, now a boulder to overcome <laughs> for me to watch those movies because I'm a dick. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I'm very curious to, to hear your thoughts and reflections after, after the before midnight viewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, had a positive experience with the with the, first the first two, two. so far. So. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, I feel like I've said this a million times on the show, but I don't care. I'll say it again. I the first time we watched them was in college, and it was like way too close together, and I grew mm. really tired of those characters. They yeah, were we watched so them annoying. all in like a month, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this time watching them a little more spread out, like a few months between each one. I think that I can appreciate the characters more. Also, we're older now, yeah. and I think that I kind of get them better now that I'm mm-hmm. older. Um, yeah. 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 I've um, stayed up until before midnight. I know what that's like. Wow, until <laughs> before midnight. <laughs> we we gotta. <laughs> I'm I'm, re- I'm sorry. I I I I'm I'm sorry. I'm here if you need me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm out at nine every night. <laughs> it's only a slight exaggeration. Only slightly. By yeah. an I mean, hour. I, I, with this quarantine, it's no longer, I'm tired, I'll go to bed. It's now like, I'm bored. I guess I'll sleep and just wait for this 
nightmare to be over (laughs) which is really it's just a new relationship i have with sleep as an activity because i'm so bored of everything else that i've just been doing throughout the day i don't know if you had had a similar experience or not well i'm still working full-time just from home oh damn okay so my day is pretty much this i've tried to keep my same routine like i think it would be no one would care if i like switch if i moved my hours later because you know Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of just doing whatever now but Mm -hmm. um no i'm trying to keep my same routine just to so i don't like fall into a deep depression yeah never going outside you know so at least like waking up at at seven every day is keeping me kind of normal i see i'm feeling good about that yeah i've been waking up later for yeah. sure <laughs> it's like pretty immediate like the first day the first like monday of uh like work from home i was like i got up at like 10 yeah <laughs> yeah which like i saw to, like i saw to clock in like there was no there was no like there was an expectation of me to be there to be online at 9 a.m but yeah. i just wasn't so <laughs> You know, what are you going to do? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we also did have, we also drank at 2 p.m. today. Today, we all yes, we drink started at 2 drinking at 2 p.m. Whoa, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Island time. That's yeah. right. Uh, what did you say? Airport rules? Corona airport rules or yeah. airport mm-hmm. rules? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, um, where else time maybe doesn't exist? Wow. <laughs> In uh, Woman in the Fifth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was masterful. How was that? That was, that, was, a, that was a segue. That was a transition. That was a segue. I'm doing my best here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this movie was bonkers. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so Ethan Hawke is... Uh, he's in France, and immediately they drop on us Ethan Hawke speaking French, and I lost my mind. <laughs> He's like the most American. I mean, he's he speaks in French the same way I do, which is like the most American speaking French. Like he clearly can speak the language, but doesn't sound French at all. And it was a lot for me to handle. Mm-hmm. Me too. I I feel like this was. I couldn't believe, like, this movie was so cliched for me in the sense that if I had watched it during high school, it would have changed who I am today. <laughs> I think I would have been like. Oh, I'm going to, because I, I think I would have thought, oh, man, Ethan Hawke is so cool. He's a depressed writer in Paris. <laughs> Fuck. And I would have just, like, changed my personality to, to become that. Um, yeah. And um, I, 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 I obnoxiously studied abroad in Paris in, in college and uh, did not have a similar experience to this movie. But um, one would yeah, only hope. It, yeah <laughs> but ethan hawk speaking french was a nice like i did like search ethan hawk's not french and that wasn't a thing that he did in all of his movies so i was like oh okay he's really trying this one yeah he he was yeah. he was yeah he sounded like he worked on it yeah i mm-hmm. I, I don't really know I, yeah it i was, don't speak french at all so did you um have the captions on the whole time we uh, yes. <laughs> the answer. Um, uh, yeah. So we started without the captions on, and then, <laughs> and I, I was fine because he doesn't. It wasn't like very difficult French because he's not mm-hmm. a French speaker. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I, I can follow along with all of this. But then, yeah. jo- but Jonathan doesn't speak French. 
Yeah, you were basically like, oh, do you want to turn on the captions? I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. Like, I'll figure it out. This is the way it's meant to be seen. And then, like, about once he gets to the cafe and the waitress, like, starts talking to him, I'm like, oh, they're not going to stop speaking French. Like, yeah. This is the movie. Which I didn't realize. Like, I thought maybe, like, it would just be, like, a little back and forth, yeah. like, French, English, blah, blah, blah. But it was all French, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And then mm-hmm. a little Polish. A little Polish, yeah. Touch and then of English. some English, yeah. Yeah. And so then we did turn on turn on the, the subtitles at like the, I don't know, 15-minute mark, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a fun test of my of my fluency. Yeah. How did you feel? Did you I feel I felt okay. Yeah, I felt I felt pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, so can we talk about Ethan Hawke's look in this movie other than just like looking good? Um, specifically he's wearing these glasses that I think are actually his glasses. Really? Yeah. I think they are his glasses in real life. They looked a little odd on him. I felt like. Yeah. They're kind of big. They're like a little too big for his face. But there's something about them that was a little weird to me. Yeah. They were like, like Ray-Ban kind of frames. Yeah. They're like, yeah, like not quite as, as square as like the the wayfarers but like mm-hmm. a little narrower in this similar kind of shape mm-hmm. uh, i felt like um like 15 in- minutes into the movie where it's established that he's like you know he's seeing his ex-wife who doesn't want to see him and then mm-hmm. he gets all his things stolen and then i was like immediately i was like okay I guess he's going to wear this the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. Flagged. Like, they better not do anything too creative. And he did seem to get... I don't know. I don't think the the ensemble, like, the shirt, sweater, suit, pants, had so many variations that carried him over through the rest of the film. But mm-hmm. overall, he did look very handsome. My first note was handsome guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, well, with, like, his outfit, he had a T-shirt on underneath that button-up, and um, then he had a sweater on top of the button-up, and then he had the coat. So uh-huh. I think he was able to mix and match a little creatively. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you got to do that to stretch out those, you know. Yeah. When you underpack. Yeah. When you, when you underpack or when all of your things <laughs> are stolen. When all your things are stolen, yeah. yeah. The alternative. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was watching that IndieWire live interview with Ethan Hawke, and he wore like several pairs of glasses. Like he kept like picking up glasses and then taking them off when he got on camera. And, and then like different ones. Yeah. And then he'd like walk to somewhere else in the house, and he'd be like, "Wait, I can't see my phone. Let me grab my glasses." And he'd put on a different pair of glasses. Wow. Yeah. What's he That's... hiding? <laughs> <laughs> Those pearly blues. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about, like, Ethan Hawke having to wear contacts, but he must wear contacts most of the time. I guess so. If he can't even, like, read his phone. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe he just has a blue light blocking gla- uh, glasses, <laughs> and that's why he wanted to get... He's very, he just very has serious a, about eye health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yellow lens gamer glasses for yeah. one of the interviews. <laughs> I, I did just buy a pair of those. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like all I I'm on like eight hour conference calls for working at home, and all I do is stare at a screen. So I was like, my eyes hurt. This sucks. I'm gonna buy some gamer glasses because <laughs> I first searched blue light filtering glasses, and then I ended up with gamer glasses because of like reviews and stuff. So mm-hmm. I am I am excited about that in my <laughs> near future. Have you ever reviewed uh, blue light glasses or gamer glasses? 
No. No? I haven't. Okay. I remember, I think, like, anyway, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, yeah, so he's trying to see his wife and his daughter, and we don't know what happened exactly, but something bad definitely went down, because when he gets there, he he knocks on her door, and she, like, doesn't want to let him in, and he, like, forces his way in, and then the, and she's like, I'm going to call the police on you. Uh, yeah. 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 Seems, seems bad. And then when, uh... The police are coming, so he leaves, and he goes outside, and he sees the daughter, like, coming home from school or something. Um, and um, she says that, like, her mother told her that he was in prison, and he says he was just sick in the hospital, which gives us a little more of an idea of what had happened, I guess. But, mm. you know. Okay. Um, in the middle of this exposition, I wrote down, moral ambiguity equals hot. I just like I liked that in a very like foolish and romantic sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> liked that it was morally unclear where we all stood in the universe. I thought that was a fun way to get into it. Mm-hmm, totally. It's true. Yeah. Um Yeah, and so then this whole kind of movie is like framed with like him trying to write a letter to his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, because he, well, he goes outside and he sees her, mm-hmm. and then the police show up and he, like, runs. Yeah. So you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And then he gets on a bus, falls asleep, and then loses his stuff. Like a dum-dum. Mm-hmm. And it happens. It happens, but, you know, I don't know. You're in a in foreign Paris, country, yeah. like, with all your things. Mm-hmm. I true. feel like you might. You gotta be a little careful You gotta there. be vigilant. Um, but, yeah. But he's so, so depressed and dreamy. He is so depressed and so dreamy. Uh, all all the girls are falling all over him. Uh, he's got yeah. two love interests in this movie. Um, yeah, and one of them's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a glass half full. <laughs> one real relationship have you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he has, yeah, Kristen Scott Thomas, who is... He meets at a party. Yeah, he quote-unquote mm-hmm. meets at a party. Um, wait, I have so many... So, wait, before... I just want to mention that at the hostel... Oh, so yeah. He ends, Ethan Hawke ends up at a hostel, and then he doesn't have any money because everything's stolen off of him. Mm-hmm. And then he, somehow he talks with the owner and is like, could I just stay here for free? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a... I'm a I, you know, someone, someone thinks... I, like... I was just thinking, I wrote down uh, in my notes, I could not get away with this. Like, what, what Ethan Hawke is doing right now in terms of just social interaction, like, I, I very much imagine myself just being like, um, excuse me, like, I'm so scared, I can't, oh, can I just stay here, I don't have any money, and like, I just, I don't know, that was very, that took me out of it, I couldn't, you know. And also someone said, that I wrote down this line, you're American, I trust you, which is yeah. that line. Oh boy, has that aged not, you know, has that aged <laughs> terribly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. You know, it's it's all a bit like magical realism in this yeah. uh, in this movie. So I just accepted that. <laughs> yeah, he does, take, he does take his passport though for... Yeah, so. as collateral. Yeah. yeah, so he doesn't completely trust him. When he, in his like, you know... Um, in his ennui, wanders around and ends up in a bookstore where he finds his own book. What did you think of that scene? Um, 
That's a great question. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he he ha- and the bookstore owner have this exchange where Ethan Hawke's mm-hmm. character goes, do you have Hart Crane's letters? And then the bookstore owner says, do you want to see them? Yes, do you want to see them? And Ethan Hawke replies, no, was just checking. And I wrote down, that equals hot. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like, it's so pretentious and so cheesy, like, laughably cheesy that I was like, okay, if you're going to go for, like, this romanticized view of Paris and writing and, you know, American um, uh, self-isolation or loss, like, okay, you're swinging for it. You're not, you're not holding back. You're really going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it kind of, well, Ethan Hawke, I think, finds himself in bookstores a lot in in movies is that fair to say or sometimes above average above average yeah because in uh before sun set yes the second the second of the before series um he the movie starts with him doing a book signing for his own book wow at a bookstore in paris Paris. Yeah. yeah wow yeah so uh it's just kind of like who Ethan Hawke is as a person. He was very uh-huh. well cast. Uh, yeah. Yeah in, the, yeah, in the beginning of Before Sunset, like that whole setup was based on an experience where Richard Linklater was at a book signing of Ethan Hawke for Ethan Hawke's actual own book. So, <laughs> Holy you shit. know, it's all, it's all part of who he is. Mm-hmm. Part of the, the intertext of Ethan Hawke, if you will. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's gonna be the name of my memoir, <laughs> the inner talks text of Ethan Hawke by, oh by Harper Thompson. And it'll be this a memoir just work. about yourself. Yeah, just about me mm-hmm. and my work on this podcast. Oh, okay, a <laughs> memoir about your work on a podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be a really hot read. Yeah, the yeah. hottest state. The hottest state. Ugh. That's one of Ethan Hawke's books. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, so yeah. Uh, Oh, there's a whole thing with the other tenant or, like, person staying at the hostel in place um, mm-hmm. where he doesn't flush his toilet and it re- flushes the shared toilet. And Ethan Hawke is very upset by this. Yeah. Um, like, it's gross for sure, but he, like, really makes a whole thing out of it. He does. He, you know, I understand you've lost, you've lost your your family, kind of, like... You know, you're having a bad day, all your stuff gets stolen, and then just having this be the last straw. I, I did, like, I thought it was very funny whenever they talked about the toilet, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they had serious conversations about the other tenant not flushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, yeah, kind of, like, it, like, just, like, kind of jarred you out of the the main plot line of the story enough, I think, to, like, make the energy a little less stagnant, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I appreciated that. Well, I feel like also the, like, I feel like that was as much the main story as anything else. Cause I feel like there were so many That's different true. things going on that didn't s- immediately seem relevant. Mm-hmm. And they kind of aren't that relevant. Cause there's the whole plot line with him, like, well, so so the 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 tenant not flushing the bathroom does end up being mm-hmm, like a main mm-hmm. a main thing later on. Thing. But like the whole thing with him in the um, 
doing his like weird like security job yeah that he ends up getting yeah mm-hmm. so the cafe like in owner gets him a weird like nightly gig and it's the hours are like from like 10 p.m to 4 a.m or something so i think that also kind of like makes him like a little crazier because Mm -hmm. he's like so knocked off of his regular time schedule or he's like awake all the time maybe Mm -hmm. um but anyway so he gets this weird gig as like a security kind of person he starts before midnight Um, I'm sorry if you lose subscribers from this. I <laughs> no, anyone who listens to this show loves a good before midnight joke. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but yeah, so basically he's just buzzing people in and out of this um, weird warehousey kind of yeah. place where there's like screaming and blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I wrote down... Weird- at the end, because the guy he's doing this for, like the kingpin, is called uh, Monsieur Mond, which is like Mister World. And mm-hmm. I was, I wrote down, was Mister Mond a metaphor for displacement, violently traveling from one country to another? Because if not, <laughs> this whole fucking thing had <laughs> served no purpose. It was very confusing <laughs> what this, what this re- represented, or what this was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was basically left more or less unresolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alternatively, what if it's not Mr. World, but Mr. Worldwide? Oh, and it's Dalle. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Dala, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the intertext of Ethan Hawke's work is going to be a fucking, oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be a smash. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, Ethan Hawke's staying at the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. Um, <laughs> and um, one of the people that he meets there is Anya, who's the a waitress. Holiday Inn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this waitress named Anya, mm-hmm. who also seems to be romantically involved with the guy that got that owns the place. Yes. That got him Sev- the job. Sev- What's his name? Cesar. Cesar, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's really interested in like his writing and his work. Yeah. Because he's immediately he's like sitting down writing this letter to his daughter, and he like tells her that he's a writer, and she's like, "Oh, are you writing a novel?" And I'm like, "No, I'm writing a letter." Yeah, and she's and she's like, "It's a long letter." Yeah, for a mm-hmm. six-year-old. For a six-year-old, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's um, played by Joanna Kulig, I think, who was in uh, Pavel Pavelkowski's um, later movie, Cold War. I didn't see yeah. it, but it was, uh, you know. Acclaimed. It was supposed to be good. Yes, it was acclaimed. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Yeah. Yeah, one day we'll watch all the movies. We've got time. Yeah. My, <laughs> my watch list is now 600 movies long, and it's really oh stressing God. me out. Yeah. But that's on it, so I'll get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like we uh, uh, sorry. Did I over, jump ahead over something? Yeah, a little bit because at the when they're at the uh, bookstore, mm-hmm. he the guy the guy that owns the bookstore invites him to this to the party the affirmation. Yes, party. a literary gathering. He a says. literary oh, gathering. Boy, yeah. He shows up. It's pretty popping. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of people at this place. So clearly mm-hmm. he's like pretty pretty successful party organizer but then he asks him for 20 euros for yeah for snacks and drinks and i thought that was pretty steep because yeah. 20 euros yeah. is uh more in usd so yeah 
Yeah, usually. <laughs> How good are these drinks? Yeah. I mean, there was there was wine flowing for sure at the party. Yeah, it's yeah. true. But it still feels like a lot. Still feels like a lot. But when I guess you're paying for the connections that you're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> it's networking fees. Well, when um when his Ethan Hawke's second love interest, who may or may not be real, mm-hmm. first approaches him, one of the first things that she said, she says is, you're a writer, aren't you? Which is so fucking, like, I, like, immediately, I was like, oh, this is the most, like, a writer wrote this line. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, 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 oh, my, oh, like, I could not believe how masturbatory this was. Like, how, 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 and I get it. Like, it's just, you're writing fan fiction for yourself. Whoever's, like, I get it. I get it. You just want to, like, you want to wear glasses, because I also want to do this. I want to wear glasses and walk around in public and have people be like, you're a writer, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, I guess. And then that's how every <laughs> romance starts. Of course. But that has literally never happened, and I could not believe this line existed. <laughs> yeah, she's, I mean, she's hot for writers because her, her ex-husband or her dead husband or whatever was a writer. <laughs> and. Writer. And yes, a Hungarian novelist. novelist yeah. And she's a translator who worked for him and also was his muse, which yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her name's Margit. Yeah. And you, you, so he sees her, he's having a conversation with someone else. He sees her, mm-hmm. she walks by and he's like immediately like, yeah, he's like, oh, gotta, so go. Yeah, gotta go. Yeah. And the other girl's like, okay. Um, I mean, Kristen Scott Thomas is like got pretty hot, like older lady vibes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the score kicks in. Ye- oh yeah. Yeah, music kicks in mm-hmm. at, right at this time. So yeah, and then they go out onto the balcony, which has like th- the closest view of the Eiffel Tower you've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like it's like yeah. in the backyard you could, of like, the Eiffel throw Tower. Something. Yeah. <laughs> moderately hard and hit. <laughs> hit the a Eiffel tourist. Tower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was that was an interesting choice because i feel like usually i i feel like in terms of uh uh eiffel tower being in like paris set movies mm-hmm. you usually it's from a distance so you could see the whole thing <laughs> but it was like oh it was very close so you could really only see like the, the lower legs, third yeah. of mm-hmm. it yeah which i thought was kind of a cool choice yeah, I, it, it was very, it was very like visually. Yeah, like, it was oh, like, wow, listen, right. no big deal. We're in Paris. We're not going right. to worry about it. But this is where we are. Yeah, yeah, and then it makes you think about this, this, this bookstore guy, because like he owns a little independent bookshop. Mm-hmm. He lives right next to the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. which I'm yeah. sure is not cheap, even in 2011. And he's still charging 20 euros. He's still for charging 20, 20 euros for snacks. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's so why he's got to have, so he can afford that apartment. <laughs> I guess that's true, and it's yeah. huge. It's huge. It is huge. Oh, it's huge. He, like, there's like stairs. Mm-hmm. There's like the balcony, the big balcony. Mm-hmm. Like, there's several a, floors. Yeah, it's yeah. a big place. Wow. Yeah. Just this a quick guy. detour. When I, I stayed with a host family in in Paris, and they had an apartment that was the whole floor of a building, and I had never like experienced that. I didn't know apartments could be the whole floor. I thought Whoa. each apartment was like my current one, which is like small, and there's you know it's a lot of shared spaces, and um, and uh, so that was number one, and number two, I was welcomed. Into their home with a bed with a giant Bart Simpson sheet, <laughs> like just just only Bart Simpson's face on a twin bed, and I guess I guess it was sweet of them to make me feel like I was at home sleeping 
under Bart Simpson. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, That's really funny. It's so American, you know? It is very, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's sweet yeah um yeah so okay so after this this whole uh literary gathering uh well she gives him her card i guess and then and then says uh call me but only after four Mm -hmm. i think she says five five yeah before sunset (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) um and then we see him the next day and he goes to see this lawyer because uh, presumably he's about to get into a custody fight with his ex-wife for the daughter. Um, and the lawyer says that, like, he needs to pay, like, so, like 20,000 euros up front. So like, like that. Yeah. And do you know that how many which... literary gatherings you could go to for that kind of money? <laughs> <laughs> a thousand. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that seemed pretty pretty rough for a guy who had all of his things and all of his money stolen and he's living in a and then he said he like shook his hand like he was gonna hire him but there's there's no way there's no way yeah yeah um yeah and then what i really liked about this scene though was after that whole meeting with the lawyer he goes outside and he just like screams on the sidewalk that was fun like i really think that ethan hawk had a super fun time doing that scene it's, <laughs> it's such like an actor moment you know yeah, Cause, yeah like yeah. when do you when would a normal person ever just like go out and scream on the sidewalk you know yeah. so for for an actor that seems like a good time mm-hmm. it's true yeah i can't i can't wait to bring this up again when he's in just uh with a ghost sorry woman but, well, I mean, like shortly after this, he 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 visits the ghost woman, yeah. Margit, yes. and and she's giving him a hand job. It's unclear if he's giving, but like Ethan Hawke's acting during the hand job, like do you like? I don't know if that's fun for an actor. I, I was just like sitting here <laughs> watching the screen, being like, how I wrote down how good was this hand job because Ethan Hawke is fucking losing it over here. <laughs> he, he's losing it, and I get it. He's he's a lost soul. Margit likes taking care of these despondent writers, but I—I mm-hmm. I mean, this—I didn't know how to read this scene. How? How? Oh, this hand job. How? How? How good could it possibly have been? You know, she's got the the gentle touch of a translator. Of a ghost. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a ghost translator. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's the name of a movie right there. Ghost, oh, trans- ghost, ghost translator. translator. Yeah. The much-awaited sequel to Ghost Rider, starring Ewan <laughs> McGregor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just before he goes to see Kristen Scott Thomas, though, mm-hmm. um, he he goes to see his daughter, but he can't actually go to see her, so he goes and he's, like, outside of the school fence, which is, yeah. like, real creeper move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so they have, like, a... Like, it is kind of a cute conversation where the daughter is like, oh, mom says I'll get uh, eye surgery when I grow up so that I don't have to wear these glasses. And he's, and he's like, no, you're perfect just the way they are. And they trade glasses and yeah. uh, they have, like, the same prescription. And he's like, yeah. you see the world the same way that I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Which, that was those, cute. Yeah, that which is cute. kind of sweet, except for that he should 100% not be talking to his daughter. And the teacher comes and brings her away. And it's like, don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Don't exchange glasses with strangers. Yeah. Yeah, it was too long. Like, I, I've, i like, worked with elementary school kids, and that was, like, way too long for her to be talking to someone at the fence, like, for an adult not to stop that. 
mm-hmm. that yeah. was that was distressing for me as a former uh, after school teacher. That's <laughs> true. These Parisians and their loose yeah. <laughs> regulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then Ethan Hawke is is leaving, and then this he walks like in front of a car that's driving, and the car like honks at him, and then he like hits the car, and he says "Je n'ai pas peur," you know, yeah. and he's uh, yeah. And he says in English, "I'm not afraid of you" or something. Yeah, yeah. Did not understand this. Did, did, I, this yeah, this is when the movie started losing me a little. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down he seems a little unhinged just at this yeah. point. <laughs> um but yeah so yeah with kristen scott thomas um yeah that hand job scene yeah my only note for that was um (laughs) i just wrote um and like six m's and four dots yeah that's Um, that's how i felt well he brought flowers which is sweet yeah um and then she immediately gave him a hand job and he kept trying to like (laughs) kiss her and touch her face and she kept like moving, like backing away. I mean, I yeah. love that. Give me more like female power dynamics in these kinds of r- romantic scenes. I am, I am here for it. Um, <laughs> the fact that she turned out to be a ghost, uh, like <laughs> I don't know that. That I thought was like very, very coy and and cool in the middle of this. Otherwise, like very, you know, mm. I'm a depressed writer kind of cliche kind of movie. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, this is just, like, a logistical question, and I don't know if this is because I'm, like, not, I don't have a penis, so I don't know how this would go, but, like, he came, and then, was did he semen? Did it, did it, oh, good question. I thought because that he did, because she was, like, let me, drew him a bath afterwards. I mean, I'm connecting a lot of dots now, because I couldn't tell... Ethan Hawke is just acting his heart out as he's getting into this hand job. <laughs> and I could not tell if the if the ending meant that. Because he, she does draw my bath. I mean, that that must be... I mean, yeah, I guess... I, oh, God, I don't want to... That living room, someone had to... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, because then he was looking at the bookshelf. Like, did he come all over these books? Or, like, <laughs> all over himself? No, it didn't make sense. Or it her? Sense. I just wasn't sure yeah, no, no, how... It's, it's, not, it's not like a you-don't-understand thing. It's It doesn't make sense, like... Because he would have, it it doesn't make, yeah, no, it, it would have gone somewhere. It doesn't yeah. just disappear. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Where would yeah. it have gone, like, geographically? And also, yeah. I feel like it's probably been a while for him. Yeah. So I think it would have gone far. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Since you asked, I think it would have, it would, there would have been some reach. Yeah, probably. so like the books. The books, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. to those books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then she runs him a bath. Oh, and the whole time I should say, like from the beginning when he gets there, there's like this like opera music playing that's really <laughs> intense. Um and it really like set the mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Give me um, a, some Lohengrin on a third date. Hell yeah. Let's let's get into it. <laughs> Yeah, there's something especially about that bath scene where she's like she's washing his hair, like, almost like he's like a child. Yeah, uh, and um, and she's like, "Tell me about you," and like it kind of like it feels a little like, "Tell me about you." Like she's like mothering him. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's okay that you came all over my books, the old books, <laughs> like get new ones. Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I thought the opera really worked for that. Yeah, I mean, what other what other kind of music could you play if you're getting a hand job from a ghost? <laughs> yeah, that's besides true. opera, <laughs> yeah. math rock. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So this scene is where I had what I thought was the most Ethan Hawke line of the movie. Um. This is a segment we sometimes do, and uh, it felt really appropriate this week. Um. He says. I feel like the yeah, real me is somewhere else, <laughs> accepting a literary award. Like, it's specifically that accepting a literary award that just, like, really put this line over the edge. The first one I wrote down was just, I'm a writer. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that line is feels pretty Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Oh, man. Yusong, did you have any lines that you felt were especially Ethan Hawke? Ugh, <laughs> I... Oh, no. I... I... The, no, I... I because i don't know ethan hawk but but if For he sure. i mean this might be converting it because if he is this like angsty like capital r romantic writer type then i'm like fuck i guess i'm an ethan mm-hmm. hawk fan yeah <laughs> no yeah i think definitely like uh for you like before sunrise is where i would start okay. you on your ethan hawk journey uh, okay okay all right yeah I and I apologize in advance now that it's been spoken into the air. I have to, on principle, avoid it for a little while. But That's then one true. day I'll come around. I'll stop being stubborn and I'll watch before sunset. <laughs> uh, before sunrise. Yeah, I look forward to that day. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Ooh, there's this really good scene. So he goes to work at the security job. This is not the really good scene I was saying, but before we get to the really good scene, um, <laughs> he goes to work at the security job and he starts to um, hear like screaming in the distance. Mm-hmm. And when he edges towards the door to go out to investigate, someone yells at him like, if you come out, I'll kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I did yeah. like on his little work desk all he sees is a security camera and there's like one light bulb that's always flickering and it mm-hmm. was yeah. like kind of like a one to one but i did like the symbolism of the light bulb and him like getting an idea i don't know mm. if that was what they were going for but um i thought that was cute yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't think of that yeah i didn't think mm. of that either but i could see it yeah yeah didn't read moby dick no, we did not. It was I'm sure there was lots of symbolism in Moby Dick that I, uh, I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, "The what did he say? He said that the whale was a symbol for hmm, something. I'll never know." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so the after that, he goes back to the cafe and. Uh, Anya, the waitress, re- she says, like, oh, I read your book, and she reads some of it out loud to him in Polish, and it was, like, pretty intimate. Yeah. Uh, he says to her, read a little, to which I wrote, gross. Ethan Hawke, get it, st- stay in your fucking lane, okay? <laughs> this, this was a little too much, Ethan Hawke, but I did, like, but her reading in Polish was very, did sound very nice. Yeah. It did, yeah. Yeah, I do think she's a little young for him, though. I think we're entering the time in Ethan Hawke's life where girls that are about this age are not appropriate anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I don't think he does too many. I think usually his romantic interests are pretty age appropriate. You know, like he's with, um, in this new movie that's coming out, The Truth, he's with um, Juliette Binoche. 
mm. another French wife movie. Mm. Um, so I think he keeps it pretty age appropes. You it's know? good. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, we'll see when we get there. I don't know. Yeah, then it's like Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. Yeah. It's Julie Delpy always. Uh, yeah. You know. But yeah, anyway, so she's too young, but um, they kind of start getting into a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like in random places. Yeah. Like on top of the roof, mm-hmm. like near trains. That- yeah. What did you think about the scene where she sings, where she's singing to him in Polish before they get intimate with one another? I thought it was, I I mean, I thought it was pretty sad that he ended up kissing her. Like, I kind of thought that was, like, that was, like, a really intense moment. And I kind of thought it was just, like, nice that there was one person that there was, that was just, like, being nice to him without any expectation. Mm-hmm. And then when he kisses her, it kind of ends that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought that as she was singing, Ethan Hawke's acting... I wrote singing scene equals vocal hand job because his acting <laughs> as she's oh. singing is the same acting as when he's getting a hand job from that ghost. It's yeah, this, he does. True. Yeah, he has like a lot of emotion on his face during that scene, and he does. He starts. I think he starts to cry, which is why he kisses mm-hmm. her so he could stop it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think she kind of knew what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. said that earlier that he had liked her voice, and you know. Mm-hmm. She figured she could kind of use that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I thought was interesting, like another kind of, not a parallel, but opposites about her and Kristen Scott Thomas's character was that um, Margit, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas told him that he was better off in Paris, like as a, strug- a struggling because it'll like produce a be- better work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, Anya tells him it's not good for him to be there; that he should like go home oh, because yeah. it's like not healthy for him. Yeah, that's true. She does say that. So it kind of like presents these like two different options for him. What would yeah. you have advised Ethan Hawke to do? Go. Yeah, get get some help. Yeah. 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 It's not worth it. Yeah. 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 Mister Worldwide's killing people in there. That's true. Yeah, and that especially, I mean, doesn't seem good for him. He's already kind of in an altered state from, yeah. I don't know, maybe whatever he, maybe he's just kind of naturally, you know, predisposed to being, like, violent or depressed or something right. because of whatever happened with his wife and his child. Mm, well, um, ambiguity, yep. Yes, exactly. We have no idea. Yeah, um, that's true. So he's probably already predisposed to something like that. And then on top of it, he's working this weird job that keeps him up all night. And then he seems to be awake all day, mm-hmm. uh, driving him crazier. And uh, and the job has is is uh, related to violence as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, something bad's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then something bad happens again. Um, Omar, the guy that lives in the next room over, yeah. uh, he sees Ethan Hawke having sex with Anya. And um, and then he blackmails him. He says, give me like a thousand euros or something yeah. uh, by tomorrow. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or I'll tell Cesar, who's the, the owner, who's dating Anya. Tough day for Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then he goes and he tells Kristen Scott Thomas everything that happened. Like she doesn't care that he's sleeping with someone else. So, right. Like, yeah. You know, right. she's she's a free spirit. You know, right. a free spirit. She's a ghost. Mm, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. As she's consoling him, <laughs> like she says, "You have no idea of what you're capable of." To which mm-hmm. I wrote. Hello, fucking L. Like it was just like the least helpful thing she could have said. I think. Um, I I don't know. At this point, uh, we don't know if she's a ghost yet. But it was just uh, I, I I I don't know. I, I this is where this movie started getting very soupy for me. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, that was like another kind of Fight Clubby moment. I'm just gonna ask since you said you don't watch a lot of movies. Have you seen Fight Club? Edward Norton was in it. You can't talk about it. No, I have not seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, okay. So then I won't get too into it, but No, I please. Do... Please. <laughs> no, I don't I don't want to. It's uh you should experience it okay. as fresh as possible. I think I did actually manage to experience it pretty fresh like when I watched it. I, I wasn't I didn't know what was yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I think I didn't know what was going to happen either. But I watched it really I watched it pretty late. I think I was like I think you showed it to me. I, we would have been like 19 or something. Yeah, I I watched it like like probably in high school or something yeah i feel like most people do Mm. maybe but i i just kind of missed that because i I feel like by the time that i had seen it it seemed like everyone else had seen it Mm. but uh, maybe i was wrong i don't know yeah Mm. i don't know anyway so yeah i did see a lot of parallels with that movie yes yes yeah um but yeah and then all of a sudden before you know it omar is dead in the bathroom with a toilet brush in his mouth mm-hmm. and yep. it's like oh shoot maybe ethan hawk doesn't know what he's capable of yeah you know like did yeah. he just do this <laughs> and not know and it seems like he did yeah wait um, did he he might have i i That's think it I was thought. still yeah. ambiguous the whole time oh i thought I, he did it yeah i kind of thought he did it but but eventually, well, sorry, sorry. I I we'll, we'll get there eventually. Because I, I no, was so that's okay. You can jump point. ahead. It's okay. fine. When the other guy, when Cesar is like brought in to mm-hmm. the jail as the guy who they think actually did it. Yeah. So, so because it makes a lot of sense what you're saying because like his Cesar's reaction was like he's like scared of ethan hawk like I, mm-hmm. or he seems like pretty he's, honestly saying that yeah he's so bewildered yeah. by what's going on yeah he seems Damn. surprised that he's being taken in instead of ethan hawk who he believes really did it yeah damn ethan hawk might have killed omar oh my god with the violent stuff wait is this movie genius is this movie <laughs> <laughs> playing 4d chess right now holy shit okay i i yeah because yeah. i think that so I just watched The Leftovers, which has a really strong, like, sleepwalking, mm-hmm. uh, like, things happening while main characters sleepwalking mm-hmm. plotline. Um, and I kind of was thinking a lot about that while I was watching this because there's a scene where he's, I think earlier he was sleeping at um, Anya's place. Or, oh, no, sorry, it's later. He's sleeping at Anya's place. And then um, she, for whatever reason, wakes up in the night and turns over and he's not there. Mm-hmm. And so then um that's when jumping ahead there's this whole thing where his daughter has gone missing and so we see him with the daughter or we see the daughter is outside somewhere and he's not in bed you know do you think he took the daughter i do yeah 
I think he did all of these things. I think he killed Omar. I think he kidnapped the daughter. Fuck. Do I love this but- movie? Oh, my. <laughs> that would suck so hard if I loved this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, if this movie is actually good, that sucks so hard. With all the fucking... You're a writer, aren't you? Like... <sighs> okay. No, because I, I agree. That's a very compelling argument. That's a very, like... I would agree with that reading of the movie, which is... Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. Alternatively, we don't know the bounds of Margit's powers, so maybe she did everything <laughs> from beyond. From the for, yeah, from the beyond. Yeah, so that's that's the twist. Okay, so we have to we've yeah, heavily sorry. We've uh-huh. really yeah, jumped ahead because I was trying to yeah. But we did not explain exactly how it's revealed. He's brought in for questioning, um, and he's basically been arrested. Yeah, and the police ask him if he has an alibi for the night that Omar was killed. And he says, yes, I was with Margit, mm-hmm. such and such. Whatever. What was her last name? I don't remember. Whatever. I was with Margit. She lives at this address. It's in the fifth arrondissement. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the And then the cops are like, oh, but no, Margit is dead. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, twist. I wrote down twist. I So yeah. I write I write notes on each line of my, but I saved a, a line above and below just so I could have a wow. lot of space dedicated cool. to the word twist. Wow. Twist. twist. She's been dead. I think I also 19- wrote down twist. Since 1991. Yeah. Or whatever. 19. She died in the 90s. 1991, yeah. She yeah. killed herself. Killed herself. Yeah. Um, She's crazy. I didn't write down twist, but I just wrote, was she a ghost? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And then in all caps, <laughs> she's a manifestation of loss? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I was losing it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely a wild ride. Um, I didn't expect it. I got to say, I didn't really expect it. Me neither. Until it happened. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That happened. And And that's, so basically right after that happens, he's released yeah like shortly after uh-huh. like the the next scene is him getting released they're like oh we found the guy who did it mm-hmm. and ethan hawk is basically like i feel like he's kind of resigned himself to like oh he's gone crazy but then he's like oh i guess i'm free mm-hmm. and uh, the other guy's like what is going on because he has no he he has no like motive at all really to kill omar yeah like and he's just like, Yo, what is going on? Like, you know, you're, 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 he's, he's like yelling at Ethan Hawke and all that stuff as he's getting pulled away. And Ethan Hawke's just kind of like bewildered. Um, and then shortly after his daughter goes missing, mm-hmm. he's yeah. in bed. Yes. So he's in bed with Anya. Yes. And then the police burst in. They don't mm-hmm. knock. No. Yeah. They just burst in. They're like, they just burst in. your daughter is missing. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. And then he like goes out to look for her or whatever. My so okay. So why did he kidnap her? Because my like read on it was that he kidnapped her in his like weird mystery state. Yeah. To like hide her somewhere where she would eventually be able to like be found or be free or whatever. So that he would get arrested for it so that he wouldn't be a danger to her later oh, on that was wow. my interpretation was that yeah. he like he was like he was worried that he was gonna do something bad to her so he like kidnapped her which is obviously bad but like 
so that he wouldn't hurt her later on and so that he would be the obvious suspect and get arrested for it i didn't that was my kind that of was not it. my read my read was that um it's part of like part of his weird unconscious life or whatever has to do with this forest and the time that he spent with his daughter in the forest and the characters that they made up and i think that whatever was going on with him drove him to kidnap the daughter and take her to a place that was like that to Mm. kind of recreate that Mm. um and i think there's like you know there's like the the waking version of of ethan hawk who's like you know i know this is wrong and i'm gonna i when I have money, I'll try to do this the right way. But I think there's also this unconscious Ethan Hawke who's... Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Who uh, who for, was compelled to do that. Yeah. yeah. My, my but understanding I those... that I like less than what you both just said was that... <laughs> and what I wrote down was, like, my understanding is that he traded his soul for that of his daughter's. Like he, like in my dumbass interpretation, like he wasn't responsible. I thought someone in the crime world, like Mr. Worldwide or someone in the crime world had taken his daughter as an act mm-hmm. of revenge for Omar's death. And that mm-hmm. he somehow, you know, traded his humanity because things start get re- start to get really trippy here. And, and for that, his daughter comes back, but it really doesn't make sense. And it makes a lot of more sense if in some world, Ethan Hawke, was responsible for the disappearance of his daughter yeah well i think that the part where so in order to get his so when the police come he's like he tells his wife like his ex-wife like i'm gonna fix i'm gonna find her i'm gonna fix this Mm -hmm. and so instead of like going with the cop he runs away from the cops which is a dumb move but he goes to kristen scott thomas's apartment and and so he's like that's where the like trading your soul thing that you were saying comes in mm-hmm. um i think that's that's kind of right it's just like not totally clear if margie is like an entity of her own or if she's part of this ethan hawk subconscious that to me is what's kind of not clear to me i should ask this now are all ethan hawk movies like this no, no. i think he likes <laughs> he, he's definitely interested in in making choices kind of like this mm-hmm. where there's something there's a little something extra going on right um but this no movie not, might not all be successful Hawk. yeah 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 yes i think the most like spiritually similar and i think they're different movies but like the kind of uh the sp- the like kind of uh mysticism of it mm-hmm. and the like paranormal element to it that's similar would be in like first reformed for sure there's like a kind of you're not really sure what's going on and like he has this like almost supernatural connection to like a woman a younger Mm -hmm. woman (laughs) yes a younger woman yeah Uh, i think that would be the most similar kind of but that that's that's like a different kind of i don't know yeah Hmm. um that one's a little more fleshed out for sure yeah yeah i don't know that he's up for actually yeah nothing quite like this yeah i'm trying to think i now i'm forgetting every ethan hawk movie now that we're talking <laughs> See, about like, it like this was the i feel like we haven't he doesn't do a lot of movies where there's like a twist like that's the, the yeah twist felt like a different thing yeah you know what i mean that's true that felt different from uh, all of his other movies well predestination you haven't seen that one yet but oh boy does that movie have a twist 
I look Ooh, forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into that one. Um, yeah, I'm just going to look at Ethan Hawke's movies really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to bring it back to the movie, is this the point? Because I've, it's been two days and I've, I, I've forgotten a lot more of it than I thought I would. But Margit reappears after it turns out that she's a ghost. And she kind of presents right. him with the choice of, like, you can stay in here, mm-hmm. your mind, with me forever. And this is where I thought... And and then Ethan Hawke almost kills her, or he starts to, like, choke her. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is my understanding, is that he's traded his soul for that of his daughter's somehow through this exchange. Which doesn't, like, make no logical connection, Um or he trades his humanity or something. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean that that could be it because she does. She does literally like his daughter does literally, just. She just walks appear. out in a cop car, picks her up, like if yeah. Finds she her. just like she just like basically just appears on the side of the street. It's not clear how she was like. She's unhurt, mm-hmm. you know. She's mm-hmm. he, Ethan Hawke's not with her. Like, there's no kind of, there's no way for him to have really safely gotten her there you know like so that 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 to to your point about like the trading the soul like that would kind of explain why she could just be on the sidewalk and totally unhurt and just Mm. like walking Mm -hmm. by herself um so yeah i don't know yeah i don't think it's i mean i don't think it's like totally clear what ends up happening at the end the reason that i had my my theory about like him kidnapping her to protect her is that he said like he in his letter he's like saying like oh you'll you'll he's like you'll probably never see me again but Mm -hmm. something something like basically he's saying like it's almost like a confession like not not quite a confession but like a you know Mm. like a self-awareness about it Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that um like she was i don't know like Again, not sure if it was like an internal or an external thing, but like a kind of like a literary demon, you know, Mm -hmm. like she was uh, because she was saying like, you know, she's very like you. One thing she said earlier, I think, was you needed a good disaster to get you started in reference Mm -hmm. to like writing his next novel. Um, And she's kind of like goes over and over again. She brings up this idea of, you know, him needing to be in a specific place to work. Yeah. You know, and so Do you think she killed her husband? The the first the know. Hungarian writer? I don't know. All of this is making me so disappointed that I actually like this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It was it was interesting. It was mm-hmm. definitely interesting. Um Yeah, and then um, oh yeah, and I thought it was interesting the the letter. You know, he had written that really long letter to his daughter. He just tears off the bottom that says "Love Dad" and he throws the rest away, and then mm-hmm. he just mails her the the "Love Dad." Mm. I wrote so eye rollingly cliche. <laughs> <laughs> that was, huh, uh, yeah. We're we're getting we're we're getting close to the end. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, and then oh, and then I thought one of the things that i appreciated was that they actually do go back to anya who's a character that like Mm -hmm. could just be like someone who's never addressed again but it cuts back to her and she's alone Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so she's um yeah and then yeah and then it gets to ethan hawk and he goes back to margit's apartment and it's like a fade out to white like he's entering like a white light Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, and that's the end. Yeah, and he's it's it's like you know tragic because he says earlier before like I'm never coming back here again. Yeah, mm. and then he ends up coming back. So yeah, damn dude. Yeah, Rough. tough day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, am gonna pull up a review real quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that Roger Ebert when I pulled it up earlier had um given it three and a half out of four stars holy shit (laughs) yeah he makes some interesting choices (laughs) um it's definitely feels like a like a roger ebert kind of movie Hmm. i don't know if you clocked this but i wrote down director fucking loves slamming doors i feel like every five scene transitions happened on a loud ass door slam which is just very jarring for the whole experience mm-hmm. every time he exits it's like true. that surveillance place and ugh, i don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah roger you liked this movie a lot and um and he says a couple things about ethan hawk in the specifically in their view he says um he, he just kind of does like a little bit of a summary and then he says, at this point, Pavel Pavlikowski's The Woman in the Fifth could go in many directions. I'm alert because Ethan Hawke rarely accepts a bad movie and the forlorn... Isn't that shocking that he said that? <laughs> He's really like slammed so many Ethan yeah, Hawke movies. We, we, we like went through the first like... <laughs> like maybe 10. Yeah. And the only one he liked was White Fang. <laughs> yeah, he had the harshest words for like reality bites. Yeah, oh, he, like, he like bites. really, he like really went in on like, I mean, he he like went in on Ethan Hawke like yeah. himself. So mm-hmm. he's really come around. Yeah, on, on him. Yes, that's yeah. Um, Which I think it's like I think that it's earnest. Yeah, it's just interesting to see. Like I, I'm not, I don't think he was like a bandwagoner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because he's Roger Ebert, he doesn't have to be on anyone's bandwagon. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> He's clearly on whatever wavelength he was on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to see that he's kind of his, how, how drastically his position on Ethan Hawke has changed um, in, in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and then later in the review, he says, so much depends here on Ethan Hawke's performance. Tom is a desperate man faced with a series of crushing blows uh, and then it's like lots of like questions, like the whole like second half of this review is just questions, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is appropriate because oh, yeah. like uh, the the movie really like poses a lot, like create it creates a lot of questions mm-hmm. that are not resolved. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just how the movie is. So I thought that this review really accurately reflected the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah um yeah jonathan do you have anything you'd like to share with us at this time sure do you want to use my laptop um no that's okay i've opened the i've opened up some tabs on my phone um this is it's time for a hawk fact Mm -hmm. mm-hmm you song would you like to try a hawk noise kaka i'm sorry Uh, oh god (laughs) that was great they were both delightful Harper has never criticized anyone's hawk noise. No, everyone does great hawk noises. Because, Any effort yeah, to do a hawk exactly, noise is a... Exactly. Participation is what's important here. <laughs> Just like with some of these hawk facts. Am <laughs> that's, I right? That's so true. I love all of your hawk facts. They're all good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, so I was interested uh, to see 
since this movie has a big old twist, mm-hmm. I wanted to see about Hawks twisting specifically <laughs> uh, their ability to like turn their heads. Okay. So like how much they could twist their heads. Amazing. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So uh, what? I have oh, to enter no. my email address to get to this uh, <laughs> National Geographic article. That's a bummer. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, owls are famous for their ability to, like, rotate rotate their heads very dramatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, oh, no, I clicked on the link. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure you don't want my laptop? No, I don't. Okay. But as per per our friends at uh, National Geographic, the ability of owls to... Well, what happened? Oh, I think we just moved our headphones. Okay. The ability of owls to uh, turn their heads is not uh, unique to them mm-hmm. because hawks can do it too. Uh, red-tailed hawks, for example, are almost as flexible as their nocturnal cousins, so they can they can really like turn their heads like a lot. Wow. And there are actually some. So th- there's not a ton of like. I think people are more interested in. Um, in owl's ability to do it because it's so dramatic and also i think because their heads are like so round that mm-hmm. it looks just like a dome spinning you know mm-hmm. what i mean also like I, it's very kind of it's very kind of like jarring to see mm-hmm. but with a hawk like they have kind of like these their their heads move more when they're turning but they can like I, there there are a couple of videos of it online and like the hawk you know its shoulders are forward it turns its head and its head is facing the other way. Mm-hmm. Like it's it can go completely around. I don't think it can go 360, mm-hmm. but it can go like 180. Comple- 180. It can go completely the other way. Like it can go more than 182 because it like turned its head so it was facing this way. So it was facing like behind it, and then it kept turning so that it was kind of looking over its other shoulder. Mm-hmm. So like it turned over its left shoulder, rotated enough so that it was looking over its right shoulder, mm-hmm. which is like kind of it's kind of amazing like how much yeah. you can do that. Is there any like benefit i don't know how much research you did on this fact but is there any like benefit to being able to do that as a hawk like as a i just i'm having a hard time seeing well so how that would be helpful well, they can watch basically he's better Sorry. <laughs> basically like red-tailed hawks so i've talked about before like how they have like really good um eyesight but they're actually their field of vision is kind of narrow mm-hmm. so they can see they can see very far and like very like very you know clear and all that stuff but in a kind of limited range right not a lot of peripheral yeah so they they don't have the most peripheral they don't have the most like the widest especially red-tailed hawks red-tailed hawks have like uh among the lower abilities to uh like peripheral visions of other types of hawks Mm -hmm. part of this has to do with the fact that they primarily hunt in like open areas Mm. um so they don't need to like be looking around as much mm-hmm. they can kind of just there's not as much if there's any motion they'll kind of see it because it's they generally hand in like like i said like more open fields um and the reason so the reason that owls can do this is because their eyes are completely fixed in their sockets mm. so hawks can move their eyes a little bit mm-hmm. they can't move them too much but they can move them a little bit mm-hmm. owls can basically not move their eyes at all so anytime they want to look at something, they have to turn their heads. Mm. So that's why they have this ability to turn their heads completely. It's so that they can basically just so they can look at stuff. Like whereas us, like if there's something that we see, we can just, you know, dart our eyes to the side and, and look at it without having to turn our heads. 
Um, and the ways that owls do that is they have, they have only one socket. So we have like, and it just like turns on the socket and they're able to like, they have like multiple blood vessels that like can keep blood flowing as to keep, you know, blood going to their brains mm -hmm. basically. Um, cause if, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a remark cause you know, if you did that, you would like cut off circulation because mm -hmm. you're twisting your head, but they have like, they have a bunch of vessels that like one of them will turn off and the other will turn on so that they can keep blood flowing. Um, and there's not a ton of like research into like the a hawk's ability to do this because I think, I think it's just people are just more interested in like the owl's abilities mm -hmm. in this regard. Boo, um, hawk erasure. Yeah, but um, this is an impressive they're nearly, depth of hawk knowledge. <laughs> but they're yeah, we've done this is our like forty second episode probably, <laughs> so we know a lot about hawks now. <laughs> um. But they're they're nearly yeah so like hawks are, are nearly as capable as owls when it comes to like being able to turn their heads, mm. um, and some of this information uh, came from the aforementioned National Geographic. Uh, some of them came from a paper that was called Hawkeyes. Oh, awesome! By Colin T. O'Rourke, Margaret L. Hall, Todd Pitlick, Esteban <laughs> Fernandez, Jurikik, Jurikik. Nice. Well, shout out so to thanks. the fellow Hawkeyes out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's the twist right there. Well, thank you, Jonathan. That was a really well-researched fact, mm. and it was very interesting. Thank you. Well, I tried. Yeah. There was, I, it took me a while. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, do we have any more thoughts about this movie, or? No. No. <laughs> no? Okay, great. Yeah, me neither. You son? Thank you, because it was the first movie I had seen in a while. I'm glad to be back in the, the scene. Uh, Good. Yeah, you should just do podcasts all the time, like movie podcasts, so that you can watch movies. <laughs> I think that's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. There are worse ways. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, I've been Harper, and you can find me on the internet at Harping About, um, and something i've been enjoying in media outside of ethan hawk is um oh okay like a f darned fool i thought now was a good time to start watching chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> and i watched it um it was really upsetting and i don't think anyone should be watching it right now but it was good oh, so no. <laughs> chernobyl <laughs> uh jonathan where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of ethan hawk okay well you can find me on instagram and letterboxd Ooh. at johnsonletta uh, where I update my letterbox far more regularly than my Instagram, which is whatever. Uh, I think I've been enjoying, well, we're back, I think, on the James Bond rewatch right. train. We just watched Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. We were originally trying to rush uh, getting through um, all the James Bond movies before April. Mm -hmm, because No when, Time to Die was going to come out. Mm -hmm. Which... But it's been pushed back to October, I believe. Ugh. Yeah. Which gives us plenty of time. Plenty of time. To watch all the James Bond mm -hmm. movies. So. All five million of them. <laughs> 24, yeah. 24. It's Just a lot. About. Yeah, Just it's a about. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but Goldfinger, a lot of fun. It holds up uh, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things in there that have not aged well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, like any time a woman is in the frame of yeah. Sean Connery. <laughs> God. But other than that, it's great. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
Yusong, where can the people find you? What have you been enjoying? And do you have things to plug? First of all, thank you so much. I genuinely had a great time on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, You can find me on Twitter at Y-U-S-O-N-G-L, and you can listen to the podcast Maybe Don't if you're ready for some more before midnight level humor. Um, (laughs) Something that I've been enjoying outside of uh, Ethan Hawke is that while I did, I was very kindly gifted Animal Crossing by one Nick Weiger, I, I, which I have been enjoying thoroughly. I feel like that's a little too mainstream. So I, <laughs> I, I've also been enjoying, I play it on my computer. It's an emulator of a 3DS. I've been playing Pokemon at, uh, Alpha Sapphire. Fucking rules. It's so good. <laughs> it, it's just nice. so good. I've I've been playing uh, PlayStation Two games. Oh hell so yeah! Yeah, I'm all, I'm all about the throwback. Wait, so. any yeah, any is... Jack and Dexter? That was my favorite series. No, I, I'm not familiar with that. I, I've 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 just been back on uh, Battlefront. Oh uh, yeah, 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 can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah, can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, I picked his um, places that he was playing. I don't know anything about <laughs> video games or about this one in particular, mm-hmm. but I picked the places where he did the things uh-huh. in, the, in the battlefront. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You 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 went with historical accuracy, which I appreciate. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I tried. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, this has been this <laughs> is super fun. Yeah. Everyone should go listen to Maybe Don't. It comes out on Mondays, just to the same day as Hawkeyes. Oh. So you can do a double feature mm-hmm. of you song when this comes out. Um, yeah. You song stick around so we can take a selfie with you on the laptop. We'll just do a, you know, laptop totally. selfie uh, thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us and uh, good night, everyone. Yeah. Good night. Bye. Good night.